Calgary Flames coach Daryl Sutter was not thrilled that it took medical staff 33 minutes to stitch up Eric Gabranson in a recent yeah, game against the Buffalo Sabres. Start the second period. Trying to find a doctor, sew him up. To get him out of the stands, get him guys sewing guys up to stitch, do your knitting, right? I could have done in five minutes, sewed horses and cows up, ten minutes. So Took 33 minutes to get stitches. Need six defensemen for 65 minutes. So there you go. He can he can stitch up a, a horse in five, ten minutes. <laughs> so we learned something about Daryl Sutter today. I, I think that should be a new show, Daryl Sutter stitching up farm animals. So we do know that Daryl Sutter, he he does actually like live on a ranch. That's like what he does. So when they hired him, the joke was that he was like riding in on a tractor, right? That's from, right. Wherever he was on the prairie, got the call from the farm. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I actually believe him. I think he probably has, in fact, stitched up cows or horses or whatever he said in yeah. five or ten minutes. And I, I understand his frustration that it took that long to get a player back to where he could play. But I'm guessing I'm not an expert, but I'm mm-hmm. guessing there's a difference in stitching up a human being's face as there is to a cow. Yeah, yeah they, I think there's some cosmetics they need to think about. <laughs> but you got to yeah. imagine that, like, the horse probably bucks more than the human too. That's right? a good point. Yeah, I don't know. Seems like it would be harder to stitch up a horse, if I'm being honest. People who live on ranches and farms are rolling their eyes at us right now. Yeah, that's all right. (laughs) (laughs) Sound of Hockey episode 180. We're calling this one the Roman Polak episode. Why are we calling it that, John? Uh, Good old Roman Polak. Mm -hmm. He was drafted 180th. Overall, <laughs> love it in 2004. So, okay, yeah. yeah, that's a good pick. Now, couldn't this feels like something you could start just doing this every time? I was just oh, going to say that was drafted number 181 <laughs> overall. Well, let's say the theme of the uh, the podcast. I was thinking about draft picks. Okay, and so that triggered it. So, all right, I can't particularly some deep, deeper deep draft. draft picks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I do like it. I do like it when John throws in a. You know, he had 180 shots one uh-huh. year. I like those too. Okay, <laughs> this is a nice twist, though. I don't feel yeah. like he's done this before. No. And if he does, it hasn't been. It's it's been a long time. So, uh, well done. This is Sound of Hockey. I am Darren Brown at Sound underscore Hockey on the Twitter. I'm just going to say that now to try to get people to follow Sound of Hockey on on Twitter. Uh, joined as always by Andy Ide. Hello, Andy. How's it going? I'm at Andy Ide on Twitter. And no John no underscore. Uh huh. Hello, John. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. I'm NHL2Seattle on the Twitter. What's your underscore situation there? There's no such underscoring. Got it. Uh, so this, <laughs> we're coming to you from Seattle Bar Down Studios to be specific. It has been a crazy, crazy week. So we have a lot to talk about on this episode. Strap in, folks. It's going to be a wild ride. Uh, we have a review to share, which we're going to start All right. with. Five-star review from Seattle Krakent who I do believe has reviewed us before. Yeah, it says circling back to leave another review. Go Squid. Uh, This time in the quote-unquote post-franchise birth era of Sound of Hockey, just to say this show has grown noticeably as a fan. Really wanted to emphasize that I've always loved this show, and the last month or so it hit a new stride. Oh, cool. All right, cool. If any new fans, I don't know what we did differently. Uh, If any new fans are tuning in for trade deadline analysis, stick around. Yes. (laughs) Good foreshadowing. We have a lot of it. That's creepy. Uh, These guys know their (laughs) goal horn noise and are always fun to listen to. Okay, I get it. So that's the bleep horn. These guys know their 
bleep oh, horn. Yeah. Or, okay, yeah, right? got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I have a feeling this pod is about to gain an even bigger following Whoa. when Seattle sports invades Palm Springs. Okay. Oh, all right. Between cool. AHL Love and it. WHL, you guys are going to need a Let's Go Birds sound drop soon. Andy, oh, any comments Oh, because there's that? the Firebirds and uh-huh. the Thunderbirds, yeah. Any commentary on that? No. <laughs> Thank you, Seattle Kraken, for the five-star review. We appreciate it. And uh, if you haven't left your five-star review on Apple Podcasts, please do leave one, and we will read it on the next show. Uh, okay, where we do we even start here? I think we start. Let's just let's just be take it nice and easy here. We're gonna ease in with what's happened in. for the let's Kraken. Just ease here. right in. Over the last week, we're gonna start with the games and kind of recapping how things happened. Then we'll get to their transactions. Then I think we'll kind of move towards uh, what's happening down on the farm because there's been some stuff there. And then we'll get to the NHL as a whole. Does that sound like a good plan? Everybody aligned on that? Yeah. I don't know if it's a good plan or not, but let's do it. Okay. It's a plan. That's let's important. see how it yeah. goes. It's a it's a way to you need a plan. move forward. It is a plan. Yeah. Yes. We, we are a team, as Pierre Dorian once said. <laughs> <laughs> The Kraken have played two games since we last spoke to you all. Uh, The first one was against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and it was a weird one because that morning we found out that Mark Giordano was being held out of the lineup, and I think we all kind of knew that his trade was eventually coming, but it was very odd timing because that was also the night that they were holding a ceremony for him Mm -hmm. to recognize him for playing in a 1,000 career NHL games, so... Uh, the ceremony itself was really cool, but then like he came up for came out for warmups in his gear. Uh, his dad did a, a voiceover on the the tribute video, which was awesome. I mean, it was a really great ceremony. They gave him a Rolex and a trip to Hawaii, which was nice. But well, then, the players gave him the Rolex. Uh huh. So who gave him the trip to Hawaii? The team, Alaska the Airlines, team, sponsored well, by Alaska. The team. <laughs> the team got it. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I, I thought that it was a nice ceremony, but it was super strange that he then it, took off his it, gear and didn't play. Right. Yeah. Like so. Obviously, we knew there was something coming there. And just before that game, uh, the news broke that Kelly Yarncrack had uh, been traded already. So he was kind of the first domino to fall. Uh, so it was just a generally weird night. Even that morning skate that day felt odd. Uh, Jaden Schwartz wasn't in the skate, and <laughs> yeah. we didn't really know why. And it didn't and Giordano up, was in the morning skate. Right. Didn't end up being anything. But it just it just was all around weird. So, um, yeah, strange day. And uh, I, that's that. And I, they I, lost 4-1. to There was actually a game played, by yeah. the way, and they lost 4-1. to I found out about the Yarncrook trade mm-hmm. literally walking right next to climate pledge on the way to meet some friends at a bar yeah. and I'm wearing my yarn crack jersey <laughs> oh. <laughs> i was just gonna say were you wearing your yarn and it was jersey? like it was like and honestly that was kind of a bummer i mean we're gonna talk about the details in a sec yeah. but but it was like i know this is a business and i knew he was a candidate and likely candidate to leave but you do feel attached and he's he's I think he's really exceeded expectations here. He's, yes. he's just played really solid. And I think I've valued him more than I did when I was watching him in Nashville, just because it seems like you notice the little things that might not show up in the score sheet a little bit better. Like whether it be him hustling back on the play that you can't really see on TV all the time. So anyway, that was like my little side note. Yarn has been one of my favorites of the team, but it was like a little emotional. And, yeah. and I know it's business, but at the same time, like... That was that was a little tough. I totally get that, and uh, we're going to talk more about the trades certainly as we go along here. But yeah, I, I definitely had that emotional reaction, not just to that one, but to the the Blackwell trade, the Giordano trade. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, those guys are great to talk to. Like we've talked to them quite a bit now, uh, and they're they're all awesome dudes. And so you know, you wish them the best. You're hoping that they go on and have great success, but great success. But uh, I mean, yeah, just personally, like like you said, there's more of an attachment 
to these guys and yeah, and yeah so. don't you have a nashville yarn correct jersey as well no we've oh, talked about this I I remember. yeah yeah that's right yeah. that's it's right it's the gray yeah. poupon colored one yeah I, I on that on the the silver stick ceremony uh-huh. for Giordano, i thought it was well done but the whole time i was like this is very awkward like mm-hmm. this is the last time we're going to see him in a kraken jersey we all kind of know that, that. I, I thought it was brilliant to your to your point like the Ceremony was great, but yeah. I didn't feel like, as a fan, I didn't feel. Right. It was very I, I was the whole time like, "This is great," <laughs> but I feel weird about it. Well, at least he made it to the game. Right? That's true. Yeah. They could have traded him before that. You know? That's true. Yeah. So we didn't do the big reveal with Tampa Bay. That's right. That was what we were kind of <laughs> hyping on the last episode. Yeah, we were so. joking about uh, him coming out of the other side of the. <laughs> yeah, can we talk about that game really quick? Sure. I yeah. know we want to kind of yeah. keep this moving. Yeah. No, they lost four to one. Uh, they had two goals by Hedman, one goal by Kucherov, one goal by Sorelli. And uh, Gord scored the goal for in in Vasilevsky like played Vasilevsky style, mm-hmm. not on his head, but pretty well. Pretty well, he made yeah. some huge stops. Yeah, and and actually, I mean, the way that they came out in that game, Seattle looked really good. I thought in the first ten minutes or so, and I thought Tampa Bay actually looked really sloppy. And I was about to tweet, "Wow, Tampa Bay looks really sloppy." <laughs> and like as I had written it out, Kucherov scored. and Stamkos went in on a two on one. Right. Kucherov scores, and you're like, "Okay, well, there goes that." And it was like as the game went on, and I think they were kind of at the end of a road trip too, but it. Felt Felt like Tampa Bay had to like figure themselves out a little bit, like get over something, and then once they did, they just kind of slowly just outclassed Seattle. You know, they just yeah. they just took over and just showed their talent, and that was all they had. And that game, I was sitting next to somebody that was like pretty casual hockey fan, like he he wasn't current on top players, but you know, Kucherov scored the first one for Tampa Bay, and I'm like, oh yeah, he was the MVP a couple years ago, and then uh, Hedman scores one i'm like oh yeah he was the top defenseman not too long ago and probably considered one of the top defensemen in the league yeah and then vasileski made this crazy like sequence of events oh, yeah, he's like, the best goalie oh yeah he's the, the best goalie <laughs> yeah this team's really good this is yeah, why they right? have two yeah. family cup yeah. rings yeah. <laughs> back to back exactly it was um, nothing more telling than that moment where you're like oh, yeah hey, that's the best yeah. player in the league that's yeah. the best player yeah. in his position yeah. 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 <laughs> and yeah. point Hacksaw wasn't happy with that game because he afterwards or, or maybe the next day said that they weren't they lost all these puck battles they couldn't maintain the zone they had less than three minutes of offensive zone time which i had to look up because i felt felt like they were in the offensive zone an adequate amount of time but sure enough it was like 257 of offensive zone time for that game hmm. Ooh, that's not good no, Interesting. <laughs> <against Tampa> <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, and then the next game though was a lot better in terms of effort and zone time and all that it was a very very strange game though this one is against the detroit oh. red wings so they came out in the first period and dominated and now i know the red wings are not nearly as good as the Lightning, right, or as a lot of teams in the league, but man. <laughs> Neither is Seattle. Right. Kraken, yeah. I mean, they looked so good in the first period. Could not find a goal, though. Just like absolutely. Like 13 of the, the first 13 shots. Yes. It wasn't, like, and I don't think Detroit had one on Grubauer t- until like, like 11, 11 or 12 minutes. Yeah, 11, they got the, the Bronx cheer, as That's they say. Right. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, you thought, like, okay, Kraken have to – have to win this one after the first <laughs> period, but it was still 0-0, right. and Nadalkovic was playing great. Like He made some unbelievable saves on uh, Donato and on, I believe, Geeky. And you're like, all right, this kind of, I hate to say it, but it feels like a game where they're going to have the goalie steal it. Second period, the Kraken get a five-on-three, and like seconds after they kill the five-on-three, which, of course, they killed off the five-on-three against the Kraken. By the way, Detroit, 32nd uh, best 
which is last, on the penalty kill on the road. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, well, good now score a power play goal. They killed this one, which was a five-on-three. <laughs> uh, and then right after that, Vince Dunn skates the puck directly into Ryan Donato, skates, loses the puck, and then they turn it over, and it's like an easy two-on-one, yeah. two-on-over. It's Larkin, basically. who's coming out of the box, mm-hmm. picks it up, and one pass, so, everybody who scored that goal, but one pass, and it's in. And then they score on their own power play a yep. couple minutes later, adding salt in the wound. And you're like, ooh, this is going to be a very, very painful loss when this is all said and done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it felt that, eerily familiar. Yes. Right? Yeah. That whole first period, I remember thinking to myself, man, they're just dominating this game. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but then, there's no score. And it's just yeah, going to, like, you dominate, but it just takes yeah. one, like, Let's shot get the first off one, off skate or something. Yeah. Yeah. And you're down one nothing. Yeah. But then uh, Philip Grubar makes a huge save in the third period on, I want to say it was on Lucas Raymond, maybe? No, it was on Zadina. Philip Zadina and that was uh, like the turning point you look back and you're like okay this is the moment where all of a sudden things started going the Kraken's way Grubar made a huge save uh, and then Larson scored and it was all rolling downhill from there Yanni Gord uh, got hit in the face of the puck but came back with a black eye and a big stitch on his face I didn't take him 33 minutes I'll tell you that much uh, to get stitched Schwartz up. had a nice goal too that's right yeah, yeah. and he scored that goal off of an unbelievable in. pass by Vince yeah. Dunn yeah. like yeah. hundred and pass. something foot pass off the glass that was beautiful so well in fun game interesting you bring up vince vince dunn one thing i think the power play is going to lack for a bit as giordano was shipped off yeah obviously yeah um and and a couple others that were on power play but vince dunn is now the man to quarterback the power play and i thought it looked a little rough uh first couple games i mean he's he's a great player he's been the number two uh power play guy but now it's vince vince dunn's kind of moment it's going to be a fun opportunity to see vince dunn kind of maybe take another step Mm -hmm. even though i think he's a really great player already he he still has some room for improvement but i'm excited about that but that game Mm -hmm. was a good indicator it was all right let's get to the transactions from the kraken here from this past week of which there were many and (laughs) if you were expecting for the kraken to bring back a bunch of like stud players in these trades well we have news for you they did not necessarily do that they did bring back daniel sprong in the marcus johansson deal today we're recording on monday uh but that interestingly uh in his press conference today ron francis said he was asked why why did you want to bring him essentially and uh francis said well he was a player that washington wanted us to take so <laughs> thought that was interesting. I actually like that they bring him back because he's on an RFA expiring deal. So if he comes in and has a good 19 games, there's no reason why they can't bring him back next year if they want to, or they can cut him loose. Either way. Yeah. All right. No the trades themselves. Sorry. I got off the rails there. So Cali Yarncrack goes on Wednesday. We talked about that briefly. He gets a 2022 second round pick, a 2023 third round pick, and a 2024 seventh round pick. And it sounded to me like because the Kraken held half of his salary, I think they got that seventh round pick. So they got an extra extra piece there. Um, I thought this was a fine fine deal for Yarncruck. I had no issues with this one. I thought it was a, a nice yeah, haul of, I liked it. Prospect, or of uh, draft picks. So I liked it a lot. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I thought that was same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it's a very fair value. Anything more mm-hmm. would have been nice. But obviously, I thought a second would have been good and maybe some late round, but the fact that you got a third too. Third's third's nothing to sneeze at either. Yeah. Well, the way he was playing, like I, I believe at one point, I don't know if this was still true when they traded him, but at one point, right before that, he was the leading scorer on the team since December when he kind of found his legs. And I yeah. almost wondered if he was maybe the number one asset. You know, we always thought it was Giordano, and well, I think it did. ended up being we pretty did. close. Huh? I think most people did. I did. We, we I had said on this podcast even that we thought John, and I kind of agreed with you that Kelly Yarncruck yeah. might have been the, the guy with the highest value. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're right, though, Andy. I mean, he had such a slow start to the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
uh, and he had he had an injury. He had COVID. He had a second injury. He had yeah. uh, a 12 game streak where he had zero points. The first I don't know if you guys 12, remember yeah. that. And yeah. then all of a sudden he comes back after his second injury and he flips a switch and he's awesome yep. since then. And he, so that was one of the reasons. I mean, I was kind of hoping that they'd bring Yarn Crook back, honestly, because I really liked the way that he had played totally after agree. that second totally injury. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, but it is what it is. You know, I think you you kind of look at it as a as a general manager. You say, all right, my team is in the tank. Uh, I I need to get whatever I can for all these expiring contracts. If these guys enjoy playing here, maybe we can get them to sign after the season. But you, you got to do it. Uh, I was bummed to see him go. I really liked him as a player. Then the Giordano Blackwell deal. So they trade both of them in a package. This one unfolded in a very infuriating way because it was like Giordano's going to the Leafs. And then we just <laughs> sat there for a while, like Hours. over an hour, yeah. I think. And we didn't understand what he was, what we were getting back for him. And by we, I mean the Kraken. And then uh, Kevin Weeks just says out of nowhere, like, well, we have an update on the Giordano and Blackwell deal to the Maple Leafs. And you're like, what? Blackwell? And then he's, yeah. yeah. And it was just like little piece by little piece until finally it was put together that the uh, the Kraken were getting two second round picks, uh, one in 2022, one in 2023, and a third round pick in 2024. Now, this one, I think, took some heat. Uh, I think Ron Francis took some heat online about this one just based on the returns that other teams were getting for their expiring top defenseman kind of thing. I don't know. I guess I was hopeful that a first would have come. But if you had told me beforehand that he alone was going to get two seconds, I probably would have been fine with that. Right. And so if you break it apart, two seconds for Giordano, a third for Blackwell, if you think about it that way, it's like it's not that bad of a return. I think it's probably a fair deal. I think people wanted Sherratt returns, mm-hmm. but Sherratt, and we'll talk about that in a bit, did not change the market. In a way, they took one big suitor off the market, as in Florida was no longer interested in a defenseman. And so essentially there's less players to negotiate. And I think that uh, Lindholm was also traded to Boston. And Manson, be- another defenseman. Before, well, Manson, I don't put him in the D-man, same category. Though. Yeah, that was a week earlier too. Mm-hmm. But either way, the whole time, like, said i don't i don't you think always Giordano. said you thought he, he was going to be a second round yeah and he's return. he's older yeah. i mean he's good right mm-hmm. obviously but he's not a young defenseman on an expiring contract that could be re-signed for some significant like, value yeah, yeah. Lindholm who's stuck yeah. For eight years. exactly yeah. exactly yeah. like and so anyway i think this is more than fair i didn't see the heat that you guys are referring to but mm. that's probably because i don't I try to separate myself from the noise, uh, but that's that's ridiculous to think that it was like a bad deal. Yeah. For- I don't know if I'd use the term more than fair, but I think it was a fair deal. I think it yeah. was totally fine. Uh, what was probably more than fair was a 2022 second round pick for Jeremy Lausanne, which was the exact phrasing that Ron Francis used in his press conference was he thought it was a more <laughs> than fair deal. So they took it. Um, I didn't see that one coming at nope. all. I thought that, you know, Lausanne was a young defenseman. He's going to Nashville, RFA. by the way. Nashville. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is that important to say where they're going? I well, <laughs> yeah, I think so. Because Nashville might not be that good next year. So, yeah. uh, well, they might be losing a particular forward. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll in there again. talk about that. Yeah. Foreshadow episode. So anyway, I, I thought I wasn't expecting it. I liked the way that Lausanne played. I recognize that a lot of people out there, again, this Don't. is one of those that maybe you separate on the team from yeah. it. Yeah. But I think that there's a reason that he was in the lineup every night. And, yep. you know, he, he brought a physical edge that nobody else on the team brought. So uh, I liked the way that he played. I know that there were people that didn't like it for whatever reason. But he's but. played a lot better, too, I think, as the season's gone on. I yeah. Think yeah. Early on. There were some holding egregious on to turnovers some of yeah. and things well, like that. Well, the whole team is, yeah, like, they're actually playing probably much better in the second half than they did the first half with those mm-hmm. turnovers. Maybe we talked about it on the podcast, but I think we were talking 
that maybe Hayden Fleury could be on the block or or one of the defensemen or maybe wanted out. They've always before, had yeah. they've had this logjam of of defensemen all year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you know who knows who they were talking about, but they're probably like okay, Lazan for a second, and they're like okay, yep. fine, because we need to get That's rid of somebody. Deal. And I see Borgen, even though they're uh, I think Borgen's right-handed, uh, Lazan's left-handed. Mm-hmm. I see them very similar players. Interesting. I. Yeah, I mean, Borgen is much smaller, though. He's more of like a smaller, speedy guy. He still plays with like a physical edge, but it's he's not as But they do both bruising, have, I don't think. have a little bit more of a, a more modern puck-moving capabilities, and okay. that's kind of how I look at him. Hmm. Borgen, I mean, Borgen's, I think he's mixed it up before, too. He has, yeah. yeah. Um, so I he think wrestled uh, Corey Jay Perry Leach. to the ground, too, didn't he? He, he fought Jay Leach at practice. That's right. They were working so. on some fighting today. <laughs> yeah, I think, but I do think this is, you know, his opportunity as well as Hayden Fleury's opportunity. And and now, you know, with two defensemen gone, those guys could really benefit from the remaining games. So that's where I think about the Lausanne and Giordano kind of hey, departure. Darren, I, don't, I can't remember now if Ron Francis touched on this today, but I'm curious to know if it was Seattle shopping Lausanne or Nashville called them on him. Uh, My he, guess would be Nashville so called Francis them. Francis said but, he wasn't necessarily planning to move him. He so said he they wasn't may have called it. Seattle, yeah. And he said that they got offered that and he thought it was more than fair, so they made the deal. So, yeah, I don't think he was necessarily shopping him. I think what here's how I imagine it played out, the, the trade deadline, was I think that Francis had a few guys that he thought he had to move, right? And I think Giordano, I think Blackwell, Yarncrock, I think those guys were in there. And I think that he went out and actively shopped those, and that's why he got those done before deadline day, right? And then he used the rest of the time to just kind of field calls. Maybe he circled back on some things that he had talked about initially. This is just the way that I see it playing out. Um, so it just... it Pretty th- speculative. If you, but okay. Totally speculative. <laughs> no, totally speculative. I think reasonable, though. Yeah, I mean, if you look at how it happened, right? Like, it was three guys that felt like very... Very obvious trade candidates. Then all of a sudden they traded Lausanne and Mason Appleton. And you're like, oh, I didn't, you know, Mason Appleton hasn't had this like incredible season, but I didn't expect him to go either. He's not in an expiring contract. So, um, but they got back for him a 2023 fourth round pick. And then today, I guess the last piece that would have been like, if they're not going to sign him, they need to trade him. That would be Johansson. And so uh, Johansson was the one that went on uh, Monday morning. So we mentioned that uh, he got Daniel Sprong back. He got 2022 fourth round pick and a 2023 sixth round pick. So that was kind of the last player to get moved. And then our good friend Future Considerations went to the Minnesota Wild for Victor Rask. <laughs> a blockbuster. Yes. So when it was all said, what was it, 25 draft picks in the next two seasons? I forget what they collected up, but I believe they As have 34 to total over the next three seasons. Mm-hmm. They have 12... Oh, so it's 25 over the next two seasons yep. is what they have. As yep. opposed to normally they would have 14. 14, yes. So, I mean, that's bonkers. Yeah. They got four second-round picks this year. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty awesome. Yep. What I found interesting from Francis today were two things. One is I liked how he explained the rules of everything before he went into mm-hmm. what they did. Like, oh, you know, normally you get seven picks. He went into through all that, which I thought was great. Because he didn't know, Andy? No, I knew. It was just funny that he... I'm just, I just, I'm just, just funny that, I mean, it wasn't just that. It was everything. No. He explained all the rules. I just got out of that. It's like he's a teacher or something. Like, But... uh I like what he said. Like he said, he hopes not to use to draft all twenty-five of those guys, and so he's looking at, make, at making. He wants improvements faster than, than than slower, is what he said, and he sees those picks as assets to make trades and yeah. Well, and clearly, and add players. I don't know if this is quite a get off my lawn, but there's a lot of misunderstandings about how the draft works, right? Because because those things, yeah, they can be traded for players, but they can also be used to 
trade up. Yep. Like if there's a player you really want. Or, In the first round, they can package two or three second round picks. Yeah, I mean, those are a little yeah. tougher, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, who knows where these these actual draft picks end up. If mm-hmm. they're kind of near the top, then it's really you're only moving up like eight spots. But if it's a player you really want, you think can contribute down like sooner than later, that's how these, these can be used. But a lot of the local media seem, I shouldn't say local media, like there's some <laughs> people. people that are having some challenges understanding the difference between the NHL draft. And the NFL draft, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because, loves here, yeah. because it's very, very different. Not the same at all. Yeah. I get that. I heard a local person talk about how they were worried that the salary retainment that Seattle has done might hinder their free agents. Their okay, seat. that's the most idiotic thing I've heard. <laughs> that is incorrect. And I've heard a lot of idiotic things. It is incorrect. <laughs> but, uh, or how about, okay, go ahead. I'll, I'll give you yeah, my. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. But uh, I want to touch on your point about how, where these draft picks are going to be used. And, you know, we're not doing a translating around Francis Francis today because he was pretty straightforward. He's pretty straightforward. As usually is after the event has happened. There was one that well, was like, well, we could have done this or that or this. He like basically walked through the three options, but in reverse. But at this point, we already knew what the outcome ones was. Yeah. So it wasn't like we need to really translate. But he did do it when I asked him if he's where he saw these trades happening with these uh-huh. draft picks if it was draft day if it was prior to the draft if it was free agency and he went through all the scenarios where it could happen but he won the one that he mentioned too is he said there could be some team out there that has a salary cap issue needs to get rid of a player because of their salary cap and you know we can sweeten the pot that they come to us with a draft pick so I, I think he just has options which is what the good part out of all this is is there's options with those picks however he wants to use them yeah. and worst case scenario is you make a pick with them well, right? he talks <laughs> he talks too like last year he's like oh you know we would have loved to make some more more deals yeah. right but you need to have some chips and we didn't have any chips we didn't want to give up our first round pick because we had the number two overall pick like (laughs) you know i mean it makes a lot of sense and and now they have so many chips over these next few years and so um it's a good spot well and it really is like and they're gonna get a good first round pick this year yes (laughs) well this is what i was thinking about to um over the weekend when when these trades started to kind of unfold is man this is the kind of haul i wanted in the expansion draft it's almost like this is that yeah i know it's like The thing is, no teams would deal with them then. It could only reflect poorly on those teams if any of these players or these drop picks. So teams basically said, "Sorry, take the guy, take whatever. We're we're fine. We're going to live with consequence." And and no fan base can really question that, which is a ridiculous way to make decisions. But they're essentially doing the same thing, just. Nine months later. That's right. So well, now those teams are have a little more screws to them to can't just ignore it. They're trying to contend for a Stanley yeah, Cup. Yeah, they, they probably overpaid say, a little bit, yeah. like compared to what they could have gotten like in the summer. Yeah, maybe. yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. So well, I thought that too this morning. I'm like, you know, it's almost like this is the expansion draft hall we wanted. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> it. You know, one other thing that I thought was interesting from that Ron Francis presser today, because uh, we talked about, I mean, just moments ago, we talked about how we that we knew that there was a chance and there were reports out there that he'd be going after a first round pick for mm-hmm. Giordano, right? He didn't get it. We knew also that he seemed interested, Giordano seemed interested in going to Toronto, which is where he ultimately went. So I was kind of wondering, like, well, he did have that modified no trade clause, right? Did mm-hmm. that really hamstring him and kind of filter him into this spot where he could really only work with uh, Toronto because, and we're going to talk about the Giroux deal in a moment too, but the Giroux deal felt to me like, okay, Philadelphia can only send him to Florida and Florida knows that. So they're not going to give him a good return and they didn't give him a good return. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of how it felt to me. So I was like, oh, well, I wonder if maybe like Toronto was the only place that Giordano was willing to go. Francis said, no, uh, when I, it was like really straightforward. Yeah. 
when I asked him about it, he said, I'm not going to tie your hands. You trade me wherever you want to trade yep. me. And he said, all right, well, legally, I need to ask you for a 10 team list of uh, where, you know, where you won't go. And he gave him 10 teams that aren't in the playoffs. <laughs> so he's oh, like, yeah. truly just t- trade me to any contender. I'm he fine. was on board to help make yeah. this happen. Yeah, which it's is pretty cool. cool. That's a pretty, um, pretty awesome dude. I just Giordano, man, let me say one more thing before we move on from this. Mark Giordano. How freaking cool is it that we got to cover him? Yeah, as a, you class, know? that classy guy, fun first to captain. With. It's kind of nice. It's right? awesome. Like yeah. it's still got a nice ring. Giordano was our first captain. Like what a what a freaking yeah. absolute true pro. Just awesome. You know, you hear people say that, right? Like, oh, he's a consummate pro. He's such a whatever. I kind of know what that means now. You know what I mean? Like from mm-hmm. dealing with him, he'd come out after terrible losses. They lost eight in a row, nine in yeah. a row. He'd wear it. He'd stick up for the team. Answer he'd, your questions. He'd answer your questions very honestly. He was he was amazing. The good dude was just amazing to deal with. So anyway, that's that. So and, on that, but on that, so people I've, I've had a lot of people ask me. Francis said that he doesn't see them picking a captain for the rest of the season. If, right. In case anybody's wondering, but yes. of course. Well, on okay. the, on the right, first yeah. round pick thing. Uh, I, I did like his answer when I asked him. I said, "Was that report true that you were you were that was your mm-hmm. goal?" And he he made me laugh a little bit because he said, "Well, I want a first round pick as everyone does." Right. <laughs> right. I was like, yeah. every every move I make, I'm looking for a first round pick. Yeah, I loved it. I yeah. was like, "That's a great answer." So, what did you guys think about the Appleton trade? It was fine. I think he went back to a team that wanted him and liked him and. Probably you know, didn't he, want to give him up. He played a lot better since they put him on that line with Blackwell and Gord. But I also think he just didn't really like live up to the expectations that yeah, I think the team I thought had he, for him. He, I felt he never just found a home here. Like yeah. there was never a fit. It felt like for he was bouncing reason. around the lineup too. Yeah, quite but a bit. then when he found that line, they were I good. do think that they were better. But I wonder how much of that I, was Blackwell and Gord having great chemistry, yes. and yes. kind of bringing him I, along. I, I definitely think that because he did have a little. I don't think he's problem. got a lot of assists on on their goals on Gord's True. goals. Right. So I mean, he has played better, but not. I think he's been a little underwhelming all yeah. year. And I, like I, I wonder player, if they were going to even extend him or because he's a exp- expiring, RFA, on expiring yeah. RFA or they didn't see a future, so he might as well get a fourth. So I, th- I think he can play. It's just, it's just, it just wasn't the right fit for him here, it turned out. We also talked about then them needing contract space. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and so this is another that scenario. If, spot, yeah. if they want to sign free agents, which they talked about, obviously Beneers is coming here next year. Well, Maybe this year. Highly likely. But, mm-hmm. um, and then. And potentially another draft. That's another right. That could play as early as this yeah. year. All of a sudden, you you need some, space. <laughs> some contract space. There's still plenty out there. Yeah. So I'm not saying that, like, oh, now they have. They're right up they're against so, <laughs> They've got so many players. They're not but, strapped in anything right now. Right. No. Yeah. So. They can barely field a roster. But so. in a way, we talked a little bit about that, creating yeah. these contract space mm-hmm. for for these um, positions. So. Yeah. The last transaction was Derek Pouliot got claimed off of waivers from the Vegas Golden Knights. Interestingly, he just signed a pro contract, an NHL contract with them like a few days ago, and then the Vegas Golden Knights put him on waivers. So that was interesting. Formerly the eighth overall pick in yeah. the draft by the Pittsburgh Penguins. He just never, great junior player, put up a lot of points in junior as a defenseman. Just never, it never translated to the NHL though. That And that happens, you know, but he's got, I think that talent and those skills always attract people. So he he, find, he keeps finding a home in, in the NHL, you know. And plus, first round I, picks I, get that extra extension. But like Victor Rask, I think this was just a body. Yes, they need a couple yeah. bodies to finish the season. Uh, yeah, and both saying that, are I'm on. Not, I'm not saying yeah. he's going to be a, right. Both anything. are on the last year of their contracts, so mm-hmm. there's probably no real consequence no. here. So. And he probably won't be here. Yeah, next year, either one of those guys. Uh, he's a former Portland Winter Hawk. If you're into those kind of things. Oh no, neat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you know, of... I tweeted out that I tweeted out that they got him. I had some 
T-Birds fans with interesting reactions. Uh, like, am I supposed to be happy about yeah. this? Like Speaking <laughs> of junior hockey, we now move to down on the farm. Ooh. <laughs> and we're not actually going to start with junior hockey. We're going to start with college hockey. Maddie Beneers, who we just mentioned, uh, him and his uh, Michigan Wolverines won the Big your, Ten tournament. Your favorite team of my all time. My favorite team, yeah. Although they took down the Minnesota Gophers, which are also not my favorite team. Although I kind of, I don't know. I don't like you the still have a soft spot for the Gophers? I do, because I was a Gopher, Gopher fan as a kid, and then I changed my allegiances and decided that I hate the, hated the Gophers for a while. And I don't know. It was all Phil Kessel's fault. He was a he was a dick as a Gopher, so... <laughs> Uh, so as anyway, it usually is. Yeah, so they played spot. each other. It was 4-3 was the final score, uh, and they played at Mariucci Arena, which is where the Gophers play. One thing that I thought was really cool, was, though, was that they actually sold out the arena for this, and ever since they switched from like WCHA way back in the day to Big Ten, which has been a long time, they've had a really hard time selling tickets in that arena. So it looked like an electric atmosphere. It looked really, really cool. Um, so that was uh, that was good to see. Uh, and They've so- had a really good program, right? But yeah, but so it's, it hasn't drawn the way. This is their best year in a while, though. Yes, right? I think uh, they were well, good. Weren't they like twenty four and two at one it's, point a couple years ago? The, or something? The thing is, honestly, I think it's just that like some of the old timey rivalries kind of disappeared, oh, and they yeah. aren't as intense of rivalries. Like North Dakota used to be a huge draw, for example, and they used to play each other all the time. St. Cloud State, UMD, they'd all travel around. Gotcha. And they're close, right? Right. Now they they're playing against teams in like Michigan, Michigan State. So, um, it it hasn't had the same luster since that. Uh, okay happened but anyway uh michigan wins the big 10 tournament so they now go into the ncaa tournament as a one seed which i think they would have done anyway even if they had lost that game because uh, they've had that good of a season uh the other one seeds are western michigan which is interesting that's kind of a newcomer to um being that good of a team minnesota state and denver that's starting up on thursday so that's pretty fun i absolutely love the uh the men's ncaa hockey tournament the women's frozen four was just this past weekend which we're going to talk about in a moment as well lots to lots to watch there this is the time of year when college hockey gets really really fun to watch and it's way more accessible than it is yes i was just gonna say absolutely right (laughs) absolutely uh worth noting also justin janicki is on notre dame his team is also in the ncaa tournament uh they will play on thursday at 3 p.m pacific time which is 5 p.m central thank you uh, against north dakota so (laughs) nd against nd there notre dame against north dakota i'm already i'm already planning a noon Watching the Michigan game, maybe enjoying a beverage. Oh, that does sound There's no nice. cracking game that night. Uh-huh. A no college game. soda, if you will. Yes, oh, watching right. college I like hockey. I like that. Sounds pretty nice. I mean, yeah. I think noon is, is late enough in the day to do that. Well, I On mean, a Friday, for sure. It's a Friday, I would yeah. recommend starting a little earlier because you can't drink all day <laughs> yeah. if you don't start in the morning. So No bad ideas. That's, <laughs> that's what I say. Right. Okay, so that's college hockey. Uh, we mentioned there would be some junior hockey talk in this down on the farm. Ooh. Uh, Jacob Melanson. <laughs> <laughs> who has been playing in the QH, QMJHL. He's been playing really well. He's got 13 games in his last – 13 points, I should say, in his last nine games. Or 13 games in his last nine points. That would be not that impressive, actually. So. <laughs> and he had some injuries like mid, mid-season, so mm-hmm. uh, he's coming on strong. He was, of course, the fifth-round pick for the Kraken. So yes. um, we might not see him right away, but hopefully we'll see him in training camp. I, I liked him what we saw in training camp of him last year. I thought yeah. he, he showed pretty well in some of the scrimmages and stuff. And Ryan Winterton has been playing well also. Uh, he's having a great season ever since coming back from an injury, like pretty serious injury. Uh, so he has points in four straight games again. He's now up to 34 points in 26 games in Decent. total on the season. So that's pretty great. Uh, that is our down on the farm. Ooh. <laughs> 
We did want to mention also, uh, because I just alluded to it, the, the women's Frozen Four. John, I know you got to watch the final. And who was the national champion this year? The Ohio State Buckeyes uh-huh. for the first time ever. Yeah. Uh, really exciting game. Uh, not your grind out 0-1, game, but they scored quite a bit. It was a really back and forth game. Friend of the pods. Well, Allison didn't go to Ohio State, but she's from Columbus, uh-huh. I believe. So, uh, but she was actively rooting for the Buckeyes. Yeah, so you're... So you're congratulating Allison for yeah. the win. Okay. And then but on the other side, JT Brown. Oh sure. UMD. UMD oh, and Duluth. Yeah. So fun game. I don't know, man. I love those national title of the women's games too, because there's so much on the line. Mm-hmm. And they're just one and done. They're yeah. not best of sevens. Yeah, and, and, and that that you know, adds a little excitement. First championship I think. for Ohio State. So I thought that was yeah, really cool. That's pretty cool. Congratulations to them, although Ohio State is another one of those schools that I'm not a huge fan of. So if they <laughs> if they could have it be just like they win the championship this time and then maybe we kinda ease off on them being so good. So the women Women's hockey is the only one I'm a fan You're okay of the Ohio with. State team because uh-huh. that's where Natalie Spooner went. So, okay. Yeah. All right. I are you, you are you do you not like any Big Ten teams outside of Wisconsin? Uh, some pretty specific ones. I'm not a huge the ones fan that are good, probably, right? Michigan or Ohio State, because everybody <laughs> talks about them so much. Uh, and we're talking all sports, right? Not just hockey, like I mean, basketball, it football. It carries over though, because they have the same especially in hockey for Michigan, they have the same kind of like they look down, yeah, they look down their nose at you. you know. <laughs> what so. about Nebraska? I couldn't care less. Maryland, couldn't care less. <laughs> Does Nebraska have a talkie team would, they play? Would prefer my team plays against Rutgers. That sounds great for me. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think that's kind of my answer to that is I think Michigan and Ohio State are the two that I – Does Nebraska have a team, a hockey team no. in the Big Ten? Okay. Nebraska-Omaha. Nope. That's true, but they're not in the Big Ten. That's the right. NCAA. Uh, okay, so that's our college hockey update. Uh, we are going to now do a little interesting or carry on about all these other trades that happen around the were NHL. Were there any trades? There were a lot of trades. Now, yeah, we're, were. we're not going to go through every single trade. We've already made this decision. Uh, I'm going to be the executor who decides which trades we decide upon being interesting or not. So we're already just automatically carrying on on a lot of trades. <laughs> so the don't fact that we're think n- this is all inclusive. It's not comprehensive, yeah, yeah. right? Uh, but we are going to talk about a lot of trades here. And if it's not that interesting, then we'll just skip over it. So this but also we'll means that if you're listening and your favorite trade wasn't mentioned, you can mm-hmm. blame Darren. Yeah, that's fair. I accept that. But if we say it's not interesting or carry on, then they can blame us. Yes, after it's, but yes, only if Darren yeah, has offered yeah. that one up. That's right. Okay. All right. Just want to so make it's like a triage situation. Yeah. So I think we mentioned the Josh Manson trade last week because that was the one that we thought was going to uh, set the market for Mark Giordano, which in retrospect, it was a second round pick and Drew Hellison. So it's in, the, it's in the ballpark. It's in the ballpark. Yeah. Uh, okay. Tyson Jost for Nico Sturm. Interesting or carry on? Carry on. Okay. Frank Vetrano for a fourth round pick. Carry on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> ben Chirat for Tyler Smolanik, uh, 2023 first round pick and a 2022 fourth round pick. Interesting or carry on? That was a little interesting just because of the price for, yeah. for a guy like Chirat. Who's not, it's interesting for sure. Yeah. I mean, he's not, really he's not like the reason. best defenseman well, and he gets and the first. But. The general consensus I feel I saw was this was an overpay. That's yeah, how I it feel feels about little, it. Yeah. That's kind of it. Seems like it was a consensus, but people expected it to kind of set the market for Giordano. It did not, yep. um, and we'll have to see how this pans out for for Florida. Uh, Brandon Hagel goes from the Chicago Blackhawks <laughs> to the Tampa Bay Lightning, along with two fourth round picks. The return on that one was two first round picks plus Boris Kachuk and Taylor Radish. 
This is very interesting. interesting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely interesting. Big time payment there for yes. a guy that is good, but and Hagel's not on an expiring contract, so this isn't a. And rental. he's young. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He's got 21 goals, which is why he costs so much. Because I mean, that's a big reason why he costs yeah. so much. Is that? But man. So Ooh. I think that this one was along the lines of it's not definitely not in the same vein, but like we talked about how Francis wasn't necessarily looking to trade Jeremy Lausanne, but he got a good deal and said, "Okay, I'll do it." I think it was that kind of thing. I think they weren't necessarily shopping Brandon Hagel, but the Blackhawks are. I mean, that's a <laughs> huge price. Yeah, it's right? hard and, to turn away two first round and picks. Chuk and Radish, who knows? I mean, they're playing for the Lightning. Yeah. So I, I, at one time I thought Radish was going to be a side deal to Seattle. Huh. So oh, really? for us not taking Gord or Palat or uh-huh. something like that. So I just, you know, this is this is a significant return for them. I did see some comments from, I think, Jonathan Taze that said, if we're going to be rebuilding and that guy's not part of the the plan, like who who is part of the plan? Then, Those right? two first round picks. <laughs> well, yeah, there, but there was some talk about like our our you know Kane and Taves and Debrinket. Are they going to be moved? And they yeah, were not. Oh, but yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, definitely an interesting move there. And did you guys see that video of Taves and Debrinket arguing on the ice? Yes. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. <laughs> I enjoyed it too. Looked like he said, "Shut the puck up." Yep. I believe. Yeah, I think that's what he said. Uh, so anyway, I mean, but look at the Lightning, right? They add a twenty-one goal scorer somehow. They well, they figure these ways ways out to do different. And they also think they year. still have a roster, which I think they do, that can go all the way and win three straight. They certainly do. Yes. Now, a lot of people did kind of, so they're, they traded their 2023 first round and 2024 first round, and people are like, oh, well, they're, those are going to be really late first rounders. Maybe. And it's like, well, I don't know. You know, there's a time where Tampa Bay is eventually going to get old, yeah. right? And it's, it's or probably injured, not have a bad that year, yeah. far away, right? Yeah. That Vazileski, 2024 could Vazileski end up being... Vasilevsky goes good. down with yeah. an injury, or, you know, Stamkos is still playing lights out, which is crazy, but... Uh, those aren't necessarily like late round picks. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I understand the th- feeling, but if it was a twenty twenty two pick, yeah, but yeah. twenty twenty four that could be a mid round yeah. good good yeah. pick. Yeah, for sure. Hampus Lindholm goes to the Boston Bruins along with Cody Curran. The return on that one to the Anaheim Ducks is a 2022 first-round pick, a 2023 second-round pick, a 2024 second-round pick, Urho Vakaninen, and John Moore. Interesting or carry on? Very interesting. <laughs> yeah, and especially since, uh, I don't know if I'm jumping the gun here, but Lindholm then re-signs with... Yeah, we mentioned that already. He signed yeah, for eight years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is a big one. This is a big yeah, deal. I mean, it's good for Boston. Not good for... Well, and I look at his... Okay, those are that's a pretty good return for Anaheim as well. Yeah, and uh, they're in our division. Mm-hmm. So well, and they already have just they already have unbelievable a lot of young players. Yeah. prospect <laughs> yeah. pool. So <laughs> yeah, that is uh, a little concerning, but uh, good on them. I think they got a good deal. Maybe they did there. lose Lindholm. So that's true. And I know that they wanted to re-sign him. So this is one of those where they went into the deadline trying really hard to get Lindholm signed. They couldn't yeah. do it, so they said, "All right, we're going to see who could, who the highest bidder is," and they got a. They got a good deal out of it. So that's I saw him interviewed in his backyard today in, in Southern California with all the palm trees. And I thought it was great. He had like, he was like in his backyard in, in a patio and there were like five hockey sticks leaning up against the wall, which I thought <laughs> was pretty cool. I don't know why I thought that was cool, but like, oh, he's got like five hockey sticks there. I wonder if he has like a little net area back there or something where he shoots. Maybe. Don't know why he wouldn't. Yeah. In the sun, uh-huh. <laughs> year round. Sounds nice. Yeah. Uh, and then we had Claude Giroux. We mentioned this one. Claude Giroux goes to the Florida Panthers <laughs> along with a 2025 fifth round pick, Connor Bunneman and German Rubsov. Uh, and the return on that one is Owen Tippett, 
as well as a first round pick and a third round pick. Now, this was interesting. Again, Owen Tippett, I think, is he's got a future, right? I think people are relatively high on him ish, question mark. Uh, Florida wasn't, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. He feels like one of those guys that everyone keeps waiting for the breakout and yeah. it just hasn't happened yeah. yet. But there's always that potential that stares at you. Yeah. But see, I just didn't, I mean, the fact that they had to throw in kind of other stuff here, mm-hmm. like the fifth round pick, I, I didn't feel like Philadelphia got that great of a deal on this for Claude Giroux. Yeah. But. That was just my. I, I that was my initial. Pretty, I think it's better than I expected. They got when, first when they said that he only wanted to go to Florida. I thought. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, first and and a really good prospect for a forward on a rental. Mm-hmm. I know Colorado was after him at one point, but obviously, yeah. If, they, if he's not on their list, anyway, that's. I, I mean, am looking think, forward though. Yeah. I hope Tampa and Florida meet in the second or third round of oh the playoffs because last year's was great in the first round, and now both teams have, have you know armed up. <laughs> it's going to be a lot more fun. Florida's looking yeah. real, real yep. good. I know. I know. Uh, okay, Travis Hamanek cracking though, so that you know, true, something to keep in mind. Very true. <laughs> Travis Hamanek from the Vancouver Canucks, the Ottawa Senators, for a third round pick. Interesting or carry on? Carry on. No yeah. comment means carry on yeah. to me. Travis Dermott to the Vancouver Canucks for a 2022 third round pick. Not interesting. Okay. Is Travis Dermott good? I, I keep wondering <laughs> that, right? Because I saw people Everyone saying talks about like... I, I keep thinking this is a Toronto thing where yeah. oh, he plays for Toronto, so he's you know top of the top of that position. I kept seeing people like, oh, well, maybe they'll get Dermott back for Giordano. And I'm like, yeah. couldn't they have taken him? I think they could have just taken him <laughs> if they wanted him in the expansion draft. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think probably not interesting except that by doing that, that freed up the cap space, I think, to get That's Giordano right. and yeah, Blackwell right. there. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Nick Paul also joins the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, in exchange for Matthew Joseph and a fourth-round pick. I think this one is interesting because I like Matthew Joseph, first of all. Um, so I think that's a really nice return for Nick Paul. Uh, I also like this one because they the Lightning did a, like a jersey swap type of uh, Photoshop thing of Nick Paul playing in Tampa Bay Lightning gear. And Blake Coleman retweeted it and said, wow, that body looks really familiar because apparently it was Blake Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> but with Nick Nick Paul's head on it. So. Oh, I like nice. that. I like that yeah, a lot. Nice. So that's why that one's interesting. Nathan Beaulieu goes from the Winnipeg Jets to the Pittsburgh Penguins for a seventh round pick. I'm going to go not. Yeah, I don't know even why you, <laughs> you didn't pre-filter that, that out. One. I'm like, what? <laughs> don't care. Mark, <laughs> I saw Wyshynski tweeted that 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 trade did not bowl you over. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Mark Andre Fleury to the Minnesota Wild for a 2022 first round pick. That one's interesting. Yeah, I, I agree. That one came out today. And it well, was this a is technically a second rounder, right? Rising. Uh, no, it's condition. Conditional. Oh, here we go. Chicago's 2022 second round pick is conditional and becomes a first round pick if Minnesota makes the conference final and Flurry wins four games in the first two rounds. So to me, it's a second round. Uh-huh. That could be a that first. Could, be a first could become a first until the event happens. Didn't so, I read like just two weeks ago where he said he didn't want to be traded and? Yeah, I think or it was. I, imagine I that? do think he got down to like I only want to go to a couple different teams, yeah. or maybe even just Minnesota. Um, there was some weird lead up to this because Chicago played him uh, either last yes, night or two yes. nights ago, and That's everybody the... thought that he should have been held out. And then yeah, people were we'll taking get into some of that later, uh-huh, <laughs> taking pictures of him with a, <laughs> playing with a glove off. So uh, anyway, I think I mean from a Minnesota standpoint, like incredible move i yeah. mean the fact that they bring him in and they already have an all-star goalie in cam talbot but Ta- talbot has been faltering lately so he's he's actually played talbot has played well the last few games but like 
Flurry, I mean, we saw Flurry play. He was amazing. Holy crap, was he good. Even that game that Seattle beat him here, he, I mean, they dominated and he stood on his head and just got it. That was an overtime game, right? Or shootout? I think so, yeah. yeah. Uh, But anyway, uh, that's a great deal for Minnesota there, I think. If they start Talbot over Flurry in the playoffs, are we going to get another sword in the back? Mm, Could be. Uh, with that, then they had three goalies. So the Wild traded Capo Kakinen and a fifth round pick to the Sharks for Jacob Middleton. Is that interesting or carry on? I'd say carry on. Carry yeah. on. Justin Braun goes to the New York Rangers from the Philadelphia Flyers for a third round pick. Interesting. Carry on. Carry I'm sure on. for them it is. Okay. <laughs> Brett Kulak goes from the Montreal Canadiens to the Edmonton Oilers for William Lagason, a 2022 second round pick and a 2024 seventh round pick. Interesting or carry on? Not interesting, but it is for me personally because Brent Kulak is one of the first players I ever interviewed when oh, I was working covering the cool. Interesting to Andy. It's also interesting <laughs> to me because I believe William Lagason is the one who tore uh, Brandon Tanev's ACL. Oh. If I'm not mistaken. Oh, like that. So just keep that in mind, folks. <laughs> Nick Letty and Luke Witkowski to the St. Louis Blues for Jake Wallman, Oscar Sundqvist, and a 2023 second round pick. Uh, not interesting, but that's a pretty that's a pretty good trade. Yeah, like both mm-hmm. sides, I think. The hockey, the yeah. hockey trade they talk yeah. about. Andrew Cog. No, uh, you don't want to talk about Andrew. Cog- carry, now. carry on. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even want you to get the name out. Yeah. <laughs> Johan Larson. No. No. <laughs> Although when I saw that, so I thought like Larson goes in this trade. I thought it, I thought I had to double double check they weren't talking about Adam Larson. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Anthony <laughs> Batetto for Nick Merkley. Not interesting. <laughs> interesting for me because well, I want I once went out drinking with Anthony Batetto. Oh, cool. uh, well, Ricard yeah. Raquel goes to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, back to the Ducks is twenty twenty two second round pick Zach Aston Reese, Dominic Simone, and Kali Klang, who apparently is a netminder. That's a great name for a goaltender, yeah. Kali Klang. <laughs> yeah, this one I'm going to call interesting. I think Ricard Raquel uh, burst onto the scene under Bruce Boudreau. He played really, really great, was scoring a lot of goals, and then kind of tapered off in the last few years. And I wonder if a change of scenery does him well. Um, but that's a nice, nice return again for the Ducks. They get yeah. a couple of useful current players. Players, good draft uh, and a nice, nice, relatively high pick. So, uh, good one there. Max Domi and Tyler Inamoto go to the Carolina Hurricanes uh, for Aiden Hrashuk. And there was some, some involvement here. Yeah. yeah, some laundering from the Florida Panthers. They also got a prospect named Igor Korshkov and a six round pick from Carolina for just essentially retaining some salary, I guess, to make that work for Carolina. It's interesting, though. I mean, the Domi I, part is interesting. The too. Domi part, part is interesting because obviously he's a significant yeah. player. Uh, but I think about the connections here because the GM of the Florida Panthers is now – is it Barry Zito or Bill Zito? Which one's the pitcher and which one's the – Bill. Bill. Bill Zito is the GM. Barry Zito is the pitcher with That's the nice right. curveball. Uh, <laughs> so he used to be in Columbus, mm-hmm. right? But then they're working with Carolina, who in theory is one of the closer rivals Florida, of right? Florida. Florida. Yeah. yeah, so I think that that's just kind of an interesting connection there. Um, Max Domi, is it is it a concern that he's like been traded like by five different teams? I mean, what's going on there? Maybe is I don't know. He keeps, players I mean, or, he keeps producing. I is he not a locker room guy? Like, uh, well, I mean, he's, he. I always wonder when a guy that young gets traded uh, so often. It's uh, a little bit of a red flag. But well, with Max Domi, what I think about is that the Kraken didn't select him from Columbus. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the reality is like this return isn't much for somebody who is supposedly he, he started star. hot but he's yeah. actually cooled off quite a bit like he hasn't had a great year he's he hasn't lived up to I feel like his Montreal. career has been like that like he started hot and Montreal kinda, he was great um, for a couple of years yeah and then I think he's way overrated 
um, because be. he probably gets a lot of cred because of his name, honestly. Well, it's funny you mentioned the returns. I remember when he was being brought up at about a, as an expansion option, it was always like, well, you could flip him for at what? the deadline. Nothing. This is what you would have got. Yeah. <laughs> and you would have yeah. needed someone to launder. Yeah. Like, and, and <laughs> he probably doesn't have as good of numbers on the Kraken, like in all honesty. Yeah. yeah so yeah, I, um, I don't know. I think that's a little bit of a. A feather in the Ron Francis cap that he stayed he's away. Just he's just not that good and mm-hmm. and w- wasn't going to get any return. So not that they got a lot of return for the guy they did pick from Columbus, but <laughs> Gavin Bay right there who just yeah. didn't sign and yeah. left. But the, the, anyway, but that's they, fine. I don't want to re- re- resign yeah, everybody. Read. Andrew Cop to the New York Rangers along with a six round pick for a prospect named Morgan Barron, a 2022 second round pick, a 2023 second round pick, and a 2023 fifth round pick back to the Winnipeg Jets. What do we think about that deal? Is that interesting? Um, that's a pretty big haul. It's a pretty big haul. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of interesting. Um, but, you know, Rangers made quite a bit of changes without like going all in, all in. So I think they've they've kind of helped their cause in the playoffs because they're obviously making the playoffs, but they didn't mortgage the future because of it. So yeah. I, I think they're they did things smart. When you look at all the Rangers' activities, I think they did pretty well. They were an interesting spot where they had this like amazing goaltender, but maybe not quite yet the team around them. So they're in that weird position where you don't want to go all in because you're not fully formed yet. Yeah. Uh, anyway, okay, so that's our interesting or carry on. Did we miss anything there? Uh, let us know. I think we picked the right ones. Uh, there were a couple of players who did not get traded in a particular former Minnesota Gopher, Phil Kessel, who we mentioned earlier. Uh, Jacob Chikrin, also with the Arizona Coyotes. Neither of them were traded. Chikrin was rumored all season long to be on the trade block, so he'll stick with the Coyotes at least for one more uh, the rest we of the season. We talked about that last episode, about what, what they're doing there. We yeah, did. I think it kind of panned out how we... Well, we just said there's like not a sense of urgency, right? Yeah. And and clearly there It was there very wasn't. anticlimactic because it was like they were shopping them and everybody's well, like, oh, season. Jacob Chikrin, oh, I, he got I, hurt. And... <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. I... Yeah. Uh, and then John Klingberg also did not get traded. So he's still there in Dallas, and I think there's been a lot of scuttlebutt that he actually wants out of there. So, uh, And then some of the big signings that we want to run through really quickly. So Tomas Hurdle re-signed in San Jose for eight years at $8.1 million. That's a little disappointing from a Kraken standpoint. I think he was one of the guys that they absolutely would have targeted in free agency. Or at least we hope they would have. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, and the more of those you have in there, the more chances you have of landing yeah. one. getting one yep. of them yeah, yeah exactly. exactly and so once one of them goes off the market and the other Price two i think really star forwards that are out there are philip forsberg and johnny goudreau neither of them did resign so they will become free agents they didn't get traded or anything like that either so um i think that but still that wait that, are we talking some serious business right sort we, of you didn't lead into it though <laughs> little serious business <laughs> To your point, though, I think that now it, it takes away one of the three biggest fish, yeah. right? Yeah, so yeah. that's really ups the desire for those other two to get signed and also yeah, the Yeah, it would have been nice if there was three only three teams in the market for, for three players. <laughs> yeah, but now, forwards, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, and then we mentioned Hampus Lindholm. He re-signed for eight years, $6.5 million a year. Jake DeBrusque re-signed with the Bruins also for uh, two years, $4 million a year. Jake DeBrusque is a little bit interesting yes. because he actually had requested a trade. Mm-hmm. So it's strange to me that he and he has not rescinded it. Uh-huh. When they were here, he had two goals. And so the Boston media after the game were like grilling him. Like, so you've changed your mind now? Because at that point, I think he had like four <laughs> goals in like three games. And he just kept saying, no, I don't really want to talk about it right now. I'm not mm. talking about it. Yep. Uh, Karel Vamelka, the goalie for the Arizona Coyotes, who's had a really, really nice breakout season. Veggie. He, veggie, yep, with Wedgie. Wedgie <laughs> got traded. It's That's just right. Veggie, veggie now. 
Uh, Karel Vimelka, so three by 2.7, 2.7 million a year for him. And Jasperi Kotkaniemi. Kotka not going to work here anymore, except he is going to work here <laughs> much longer. Eight years with the Carolina Hurricanes and 4.8 million per year. His is interesting. Why, John? Well, they, if you remember, he was signed an offer sheet. That's how he got in Carolina. And he actually was being paid $6.2 million mm-hmm. a year. And so he's actually sheet. theoretically getting a pay cut, but the term is eight years. It's interesting because it, he hasn't really lived up to the hype um, nope. into his draft position, but he is only 21. So if he does eventually kind of you know be the, the player we expect him to be, this could be a cheap contract, but we won't probably won't know for another couple of years. But Kakaniemi, yeah. and Carolina doesn't really need him to be the guy right now. No, they, at four point eight, that teams, isn't the guy, right? And he's playing on their yeah. third and fourth line, yeah. and that, yeah. that's that's kind of how good they are. But they so they they have time to let him sit there and yeah. develop into that guy. The most important part of all that, from the Kraken standpoint, is the fact that Forsberg and Goudreau are still out there. Yeah. So there are some legitimate star forwards on the market that will be available this summer. Uh, assuming they don't somehow end up re-signing between now and then. but and Seattle's got money. Yeah. So they got money, they got cap space, they got <laughs> nice facilities, no yeah. state income taxes, all the reasons the in the world to come dog. here. Well, I'm, just, sure they're, yeah. I'm sure they're both listening, Johnny Gaudreau and Philip Forsberg. So. As much as, you know, obviously I'd, I'd be happy with either of these players in mm-hmm. Seattle. Uh, remember Landis Cog last, last year pretty much waited up That's until right. yep. the day before free agency where he re-signed with yeah. Colorado. So, so, we're, so, we're not so let's, let's uh, temper enthusiasm. All and right. And I'm, right. I'm saying this to myself yeah. more than to you guys, because I think I'm the most excited about Philip Forsberg. Yeah. So. But, you know, it's just like anything else with free agency, too, right? If you do bring these guys in, like, it's <laughs> first off, you have to land them. Second, you have to pay them a huge contract. Third, mm-hmm. you have to give them big term, right? So um, it's it's a big deal to bring these guys in. So um, it, it feels like a little bit of a long shot still. But knowing that they're out there uh, gives me some hope. So, that's so Forsberg, nice. you would prefer Forsberg over Goudreau? Yeah, I think he's younger. I think he's. I, I mean, they're. Both. I like it's his skill hairs. set better. I mean, he's a big dude. Yeah, he draws oh, yeah. a little I mean, smaller. Like yeah. both, either one, both like super skilled. Yeah, yes. either one. Yeah, but sometimes I just think about Goudreau as being a center is maybe a little of an edge for me. But I don't know, man. I, but I don't. I, think, I don't I, think you can honestly, go wrong. You can't go wrong. I honestly don't way. want to think about it too much because I'm like the thought of either of those guys here. Oh, Joe, let's, let's talk about both of them Amazing. on the same, same line. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's like Goudreau and McCann to Forsberg. Yeah, sure. Not yeah. it's not. A super I think we're team, a ways but. away from. <laughs> 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 you sign both of them, and yeah. But yeah. Uh, you know what's interesting is uh, Klinberg. I think would be a good candidate for you. Okay. So. Yeah. I that mean, would, man, well, that'd be pretty awesome. Now, too. yeah. You know, we talked about like for the whole season. We're like, oh man, they're so they have so many defensemen, and they don't even have places for the guys to play. And all of a sudden, Giordano's gone, and you know, they're all of a sudden they looking don't really a little. Have a defenseman like Klingberg, though. Very true. <laughs> I mean, Vince Dunn kind of has that skill bit, set, yeah. but he's he's not. And he's I think not they, they would like to think Rick Evans could be that guy. Rick yeah. Evans could be that yeah. guy one day. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, yeah, it's um, you're right. There could be a fit. That's, he played with Alexiak a lot, so good that's point. Kinda uh, probably uh, why I'm leaning that uh-huh. way. Okay, maybe they should start talking. Maybe that would well, be, that tampering. be tampering. But <laughs> yeah, we're not suggesting that. But if they did, well, if they're friends, they yeah. would be upset about it. About the weather or something, and then hey, okay, we now move on to our weekly one timers. Our first weekly one timer. The IIHF has announced that the World Junior Championship will be played in Edmonton. I assume it's a bubble because that's the... (laughs) Hopefully not, but that's a different issue. No, it's just when they play Edmonton tournaments, it's got to be a bubble. Except the whole city is a bubble. Exactly, yeah. Uh, But it'll be August 9th through 20th, so that's interesting. So this is the the remake or replay of Uh the one that got canceled. Yeah. 
Which was supposed to be played the prior year. Yeah. Yeah. In January. So I'm very fascinated to see who plays in this. Yeah, me too. Like, what about Beneers, right? Would Beneers go play in it? I doubt it. And I I recently. Why do you say that? Because he'll be getting ready for camp. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty much why it why jeopardize getting into camp. He also, you know, these guys. I think these guys need some downtime. And I think who did we talk to? Somebody, some prospect we talked Logan to. Logan Cooley. I talked to him. Where you kind of need downtime mm-hmm. away from the rink. Oh, maybe not that. Um, but yeah. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. But but he talked um, about that this tournament when I talked to him. Yeah, we're it might have been geeky. You you kind of just need some time away from the rink to recharge. And you know, theoretically, Beniers will be going from hopefully deep in. Frozen Four, right into playing his first NHL games. Probably a little bit of a, tr- a development or prospect camp in July. He might also be invited to the World Championships again too. Well, <laughs> that's true. It's true. I mean, it, it's just year. I just think he needs some downtime, and I'm hoping uh, he takes advantage of it. I think you know why jeopardize kind of like starting your NHL career with a. World Juniors, it's going to be a little weird. I mean, yeah. I, I know it's going to be cool, but it's just not going to be the same. We know that. I'm kind of excited to watch hockey in August, but at the same time, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I need a break too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Very and, true. And we're going to be fired up for the season, but I, I think we just can't be all, and not to mention August. And My prediction Seattle. is that tournament yeah. turns into kind of a hybrid U18 championship or tournament that you'll get a lot of guys who have not been drafted a lot of the top prospects and you're going to see them will in, show up you're seeing them in january or, yeah. or december or, or yeah. guys who get drafted like in the second round don't think they're probably not going to go straight to the nhl they can maybe play in that thinking to get in shape for their first training camp not worrying about making the team um but i mentioned logan cooley because when i talked to him for soundahockey.com which you can read on soundahockey.com mm-hmm. for, draft, for draft profile he was unsure about that because he's a guy who I think has aspirations to go straight to the NHL next year. And he was kind of like, I don't know about that one. He's like, it's right before, you know, I'm going to get ready to go to my first NHL camp. And he's like, we'll have to see. So he was very hesitant on, on whether he would play in that. And he and he loves the World Juniors. He was devastated that, it, that he got one game and it got canceled. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of U18s, which you just did, uh, the U18s Women's Worlds, which was one of those tournaments that got canceled this mm-hmm. last year and people were all very upset about it. Uh, they have rescheduled it for June 16th through 13th and they're going to play it in Madison, Wisconsin, which nice. I think is pretty great. Love that town. Uh our next weekly one-timer. Whoosh. I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh, we already talked a lot of college hockey, but we have to circle back on what happened in the CCHA championship this weekend. I heard about it. Okay, so I didn't actually watch the game. It was happening during a Kraken game, but Minnesota State was playing against Bemidji State, and they went to overtime. Minnesota State scored what appeared to be a goal, and they reviewed it on the ice, said, yep, it's a good goal. They gave the trophy. Everybody left. It was That was it. Celebrating right? in the room. Uh one thing to keep in mind here, as Chris Peters was frequently pointing out on Twitter, was that uh, Northeastern needed Bemidji State to lose to make sure that Northeastern got into the NCAA tournament. So there's a third team involved in this debacle, okay? Mm. What we thought was, okay, Northeastern goes to the tournament, Bemidji State goes home because they lost, right? However, TV cameras revealed that it was not a good goal because uh, the Minnesota State player kind of wrapped the puck around the goalie's skate, but the goalie's skate hit the post and lifted up the post slightly, so it actually went underneath the Mm. side of the net, right? (laughs) So they look at it on the TV. They're like, all right, so this is clearly not a goal, but we just ruled it a goal. We gave them the trophy. We did everything, and... The commissioner of the CCHA, which is actually Don Lucia now, who used to be the Minnesota Gophers coach for a long time, uh, he 
ended up saying, no, you guys need to go back out and play. So they literally like, like fans were coming back into the building. They resurfaced the ice. They did a whole warm up again uh, and they went back to playing. And it was like 45 plus minutes, I think, between the time when they first scored the goal and when they went back to playing. Man. Um, and then in the end, Minnesota State ended up scoring again, like a few minutes into the like restarted overtime. So it didn't change the outcome of the game, which I think is great. But like. If they hadn't done it, right? So I think about it and I'm like, man, how could they do that? That's a crazy decision. But what if they hadn't done that and forever and ever this game lives on as like the winning goal that didn't actually go in the net, right? I think that's much worse. Yeah, I do too. So I I think think they did the right thing. I don't think so. Okay. I think think whatever your processes are in and they didn't have them, what if it was an offsides call? Is that just as bad? I mean, it's why wasn't it caught in the first place? I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, I think the only view, because they had a view of, well, I don't know what camera view they must have been looking but at. But maybe they don't use the TV camera as part of the review. And if that, 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 so but, if it's a TV camera But then camera the, found your it, process is broken I would agree with that, case, yes. Right? Like, it that. just seems, and what kind of precedent do you set now, yeah, right? Some guy has a cell phone in, his, in the stands, and, hey, look at this video no, I got. <laughs> or an offsides, right? Yeah. That that could happen, you know, next year or whatever. And I don't know. I think that like the nature of this, like literally the puck, it went in the net, but not in a legal way. Right. Like if it went through the net, for example, from the outside, would you, you know, I mean, it's the same kind of thing, I guess, but like that would suck. It's a goal. That's not a goal. You know, how is this? I mean, once the game goes final, I guess what I didn't understand is how long the gap was between when the commissioner Mm -hmm. like said, you got to, you got to continue this game. I think it was about 45 minutes. Well, you said 45 minutes to start playing again, but then you also said no, re-exam. I, it was like, I remember seeing tweets of like, hey, we're we're hearing that this this may not count anymore, and it's been about 40 minutes since the game ended. Okay, so, fair I, enough, fair enough. I didn't know that, but, yeah. but I still I think, think, yeah. I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think what one, one point John is trying to make is you have this process for reviewing goals. Mm-hmm. You did that, mm-hmm. and it was still a, a good goal. Mm-hmm. And then some other random thing comes in that shows you something different that's not part of the process. I'm assuming that TV camera is not part of the, the review process. And then it feels it feels very arbitrary that you're arbitrarily changing that process on the fly. And so I think that, that that's, that's a yeah, dilemma. That, that sums it up. So I think that people are not going to remember this forever because in the that's end, true. it doesn't change the outcome. Yes, but if point. they hadn't made the call and changed the decision, people would have complained about this forever because it was the championship goal uh, that caused Bemidji State to go home. So I think they made the right call. Now, That's from what I understand, but I hear where you what guys I understand are if, from, if, totally. if Bemidji had won, that wouldn't have made a difference. Uh, Minnesota State would have still gone in. But no, Bemidji but State Eastern would have gotten yeah, into... Northeastern would, would have been knocked out. Bemidji yeah, okay. State would have gone into the NCAA tournament then because they would have won the uh, the CCHA. And Northeastern I mean, part of me not. thinks sometimes Correct. in sports they get it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just, you just... Yeah, I mean, I, like, look, I'm not... Like, this isn't like... Yeah, I mean, ask the Buffalo Sabres I don't care fans. that much about this, but I, I just think you fix your process now, right? Yeah. Because this is Include the TV cameras. Yeah. I mean, that's... Like, who knows? Like, what if these guys are in college? What if a couple of them have some sodas, right? Yeah. Between... When yeah. is that, that's you know? not far out of the. I don't no, know that that's far. Out no, of the picture. I mean they they might not have it in the locker room or something like that. Yeah, but maybe. But you never know, right? <laughs> yeah. like, well, if Mich- if Minnesota State was already like celebrating the win, that's right? my point. Yeah, right. People could have brought some stuff in. Yeah. <laughs> Parents yeah. or somebody like, hey, yeah. we're gonna celebrate. Yeah. Anyway, that's our that's pretty amazing though. Yeah, that's our uh, weekly one timers. We now move on to our tweets of the week. John, your tweet of the week. My tweet of the week comes from 
Preds NHL, uh-huh. also known as the Nashville Predators. <laughs> okay. It says, best of luck in Toronto. Thank you for all you did for Smashville. And it's basically a, a player card that says future considerations. <laughs> Thank you. You know what's funny? I, I actually saw that one today and I held it up. I, did I show that to you, Andy? Or is yes, that that's else? right. Yeah. It sounded familiar. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, look at this. Future considerations is getting his, uh, getting <laughs> his due here. That's pretty funny. It's a tweet after our hearts yes. on this podcast. Andy, yeah. your tweet of the week. My tweet of the week comes from Dmitry Filipovich, who we've had. Uh, I think he's been a frequent tweet of the weaker mm-hmm. yeah tweeter of the weakest tweeter of the week <laughs> and uh we touched on this a little bit with the mark andre fleury chance like uh situation that we saw giordano get held out to hold off on injury well they played mark and andre fleury as you mentioned mm-hmm. and at one point he lost his glove and blocker and there's a perfect picture of him in position to make a save with just a bare hand yeah and uh dimitri tweeted out should we sit him out in case we wind up trading him nah what are the chances anything that bad could happen <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and my tweet of the week comes from also frequent tweet of the weakest, uh, Strombone One. <laughs> yes. Uh, we believe, we don't know for sure, but we believe that it's Roberto Luongo. He <laughs> says, never easy seeing an ex-teammate get traded. Good luck in Vegas, Ryan Kessler, <laughs> who clearly is done playing, but yes. uh, his contract got Lives traded. on. Which is pretty funny. Uh, okay, and we close the show with Sound of Hockey's Three Stars. John, who's your star of the week? Uh, my star of the week is Antonio Stranges. Uh-huh. Uh, he plays for the London Knights. He was a fourth-round draft pick of the Dallas Stars, but there's a video of him going end-to-end from behind the net, and it's his unreal. skating style <laughs> is absolutely insane. It, he's got the... It's, it's called, I think it's the people are two, with it. the Mohawk. The Mohawk. Yeah, different names for it. Mm-hmm. But he can literally like pick up speed doing the Mohawk. And it's just the most insane now. And I looked up his stats. He's He's got 69 total points in 50 games this nice. season. Uh-huh. Yeah. So um, I don't I don't know his long-term trajectory because he is a, a fourth rounder. So that's never a guaranteed. But man, I'm excited to see him play in the NHL someday, or at least I hope, because he's he's a game changer in a way, right? Just a different style that looks, you've never seen. That so. looks pretty different. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was impressive. And also I was like, man, I hate watching this. So uh, <laughs> Andy, your star of the week. Uh, my star of the week is Eve Gascon. Uh-huh. Who over the weekend became the th- just the third female to play in a Quebec Major Junior Hockey League game? Mm-hmm. She's a goalie. Yep, and she started for the Gatineau Olympics, mm-hmm. and they were playing the Ramouski Oceanic, which is Sidney Crosby's alum, alum or whatever. So they lost, but she she played much. Got him into overtime. Got him a point. Lost five four. Made eighteen saves. Pretty cool to see uh, the crowd. I don't know if you've seen there's pictures of. Like the standing O she got, like they sold out the building, and it's just an impressive uh, support that she got for that. And uh, don't know what her future is. I, I, I did read though that somewhere that she's she's committed to UMD. Oh, okay. To play for the women's team, mm-hmm. and somehow playing the CHL doesn't make That's, her ineligible. I yeah, I think we talked weird, about this before. I guess we, I understand it, but it's still a little weird. But I don't I don't understand it because it's NCAA, and they're usually not like ah, we'll give them a pass on this. Yeah. Thing. Maybe it's technically a different sport, like because it's men's hockey versus women's hockey. Oh, maybe, but that I don't know. Like, or maybe you, there's not can, options, right? There's not like options at elite level women, or maybe. not as many options. I don't know. I yeah, don't know. I just thought it was weird to see that. I'm like, how could she still play there? But yeah. Okay, my star of the week is Kevin Weeks. So <laughs> he is a star of the week for sure. He was breaking news uh, a lot over this trade deadline, and the first one that he did, he, so he started doing these little videos that were. 
they were kind of silly because he would only say like breaking news the Seattle Kraken are trading future considerations to the Minnesota Wild for Victor Rask. And then that was it, right? So it was like, oh, silly. But the first big one that he did was he was in the barber chair, uh, which was kind of funny. He just picked up his phone in the barber chair, tweeted Mm -hmm. it. Then everybody was mentioning and like doing this kind of meme thing where it was like, oh, where is he? Where is he now? And they'd like Photoshop him in on like the moon or whatever. (laughs) And so then he rolled with it. And so with each one, it got more and more ridiculous. Like one of them, I saw that he was clearly he was standing on some sort of a dolly or something and somebody was like pushing him. (laughs) So he was stationary, but he was actually moving within his surroundings, which is pretty funny. Uh, (laughs) But the one that kind of got a little like he had jumped the shark was on the Johan Larson announcement. He announced it with a trash can on his head which I thought was just trying to jump the shark. Yeah, Yeah, that was it. He went a little too far with it, but it was funny. He's a funny guy. It's funny how he's become an insider. Like just over the last couple of years, he's breaking news. That that hasn't always been the case, but, Mm -mm. but yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it is kind of cool that there's some fresh blood in there. It's not just Darren Drieger and Pierre Lebrun. (laughs) uh, Yeah, exactly. So I I met Kevin at the expansion draft. Nice guy. Super Uh nice guy. We were, he was telling me about the whole yarn, uh, not yarn crack, the whole McCann Kerfoot fish debacle Mm -hmm. that got leaked. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He said Um, there was a guy there. They, they, the guy who took those videos, try to sell it sell it to him so to not leak it ah and then it's like yeah but the guy was wrong he had the wrong one anyway so (laughs) interesting but anyway uh kevin weeks he was the star of the trade deadline well done kevin weeks uh that is our show thank you again to seattle krakent for the great five-star review again please leave your five-star review uh, on apple Podcasts if you haven't already subscribe on stitcher subscribe on apple Podcasts, subscribe on spotify and we will talk to you all next week for episode 181 cheers so kiss me and smile for me tell me that you'll wait for me Hold me like you'll never let me go Cause I'm leaving on a jet plane Don't know when I'll be back again Oh babe, I hate to go There's so many times I've let you down